Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to another edition, the 2020 edition of Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders. Mike, buddy, welcome to the new decade. How are you? Hey, good decade, good year to you guys. Yeah, uh, really. It's great to hear your voice, Mark, in the new year, and we're excited about getting off and running. And uh, I'm telling you, what. On our plans for this coming year, as far as some of the things we want to cover oh, and cool. events we want to have. So we're excited. Very cool. I tell you what, it's a little strange, that's for sure. Um, I don't know. I, I know for a lot of people, when you get into a new year, you're like, that's eh, the same old hat, and it kind of is for the most part. Uh, I think there's just little reminders here and there when you go, oh, yeah, <laughs> it is a whole new year and a whole new decade. Uh, and right. so lots of interesting stuff going on. Did you have a good holiday with the family? Yeah, we uh, we had all of our family in this year. Uh, so there was a house full, you know, three of the four kids live in town. So they have their own places to live. We had one from Indiana in with us. And mm. uh, so uh, cousins had a great time uh, playing together and the adults visiting. And so we, cool. we really enjoyed it. Where, whereabouts you? in Indiana? Um, he, uh, he and his wife and four kids live in Muncie. Um, oh, okay. Yep. Ball State. What, say that again. Ball State University is in Muncie. Oh, absolutely. They're yep. about a mile from campus. <laughs> yep. Yep. I, uh, I actually went to high school in Columbus, Indiana, uh, which is about nice. uh, just a half an hour below Indy. And my first serious girlfriend left to go to college at Ball State. And I had to, I would drive up there on weekends to see her because <laughs> she was a year older than me. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, the first time we went and visited them as we pulled in uh, that evening, uh, there was a football game going on and mm. we could hear every play oh, yeah. being announced everywhere <laughs> yeah yeah it's a big deal it there all over absolutely we're well, very cool well good i'm glad you guys had a good time My, yes we did as well daughter came home from the navy for a little while so that was nice to right. see her and things went uh went swimmingly well so that's very good mm. and and uh so no listen, pun intended on the navy thing there right the, that's right swimmingly swimming. well that's right yeah, yeah good you caught that good job yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i know you've got a little bit of a cold so i won't keep you too long we're going to get through this i think it just makes sure you just have a nice baritone sound to your voice there but, you go well there you yes. there look at that there you go <laughs> kind of smooth jazz with mike flanders uh, <laughs> all right well let's get into this a little bit i want to talk about the stretch ira uh i want to yeah. talk about the secure act the fact that we're going to spend just a whole podcast a day on that the fact that uh, it obviously was pushed through there at the end of 2019 it was kind of i think it was kind of folded into some other budget things that was going on it's been being talked about for a while you and i have talked about it before there's several pieces of the secure act that um will definitely alter things for retirees and pre-retirees so but the stretch part of it is dead and so we're going to spend some time talking about that on this podcast. So do us a favor, kind of remind us what the stretch IRA uh, was and now what, you know, what we're going to think or do without it. Okay. Um, yeah. There's been a variety of rules since 1974 when uh, individual retirement accounts or IRAs were initially instituted. Um, the one that uh, was for a very long time was the rule for uh, when an individual passed away mm -hmm. And uh, that there was going to be someone other than a spouse inheriting the individual retirement account. There was a rule that the beneficiary would be required to take all of the money out within a five-year period. They don't have to take it all at once. They could wait until the last day of the fifth year, take it out gradually, take it out immediately. They just had to empty it by the end of five years. Then along came this opportunity um, where the IRS published some 
life expectancy rates based on different circumstances that individuals might find themselves in, being either a um, spouse or being a non-spouse, where they would inherit an IRA from someone who had died. And uh, they could defer beyond five years taking all of the money out, but they had a requirement uh, called a stretch Mm -hmm. uh, by most people to take a certain amount each year based on what their expected lifespan would be. Right, which made it a little easier from a tax purpose, right? It made it a little bit easier on us. Right. Uh, You know, you have some significant money in IRAs and you have to take it out pretty quick. That can uh, hit you pretty heavy in the pocketbook for taxes. But um, being able to spread it out over maybe 20, 30, 40 years, just depending on how young you might be, the younger you are, the less you have to take out each year in order to supposedly uh, empty the account by the time you subsequently died. Um, that allowed for that money to primarily stay in the account and, and continue to be invested and earn and grow and possibly end up being worth even more than what you started with by the time you pass it on to another generation, maybe. But it is a minimum distribution that people would have to take out each year. It's not the maximum amount. And so, you know, you always had availability of the rest of the money. And the nice thing about it was you could take it without penalties if you are under 59 and a half, which is a magic number for people with their own individual IRA as opposed to an inherited one. To be able to get money out of an account prior to 59 and a half, you'd have to pay a 10% penalty, but not with an inherited IRA. So the stretch gave you access, but you could get as much as you needed to or wanted to out of it for whatever reason. Not necessarily a great idea, but sometimes it is. So at any rate, the uh, rules now have changed. And and I should say before I I move on uh, to those rule changes, uh, spouses, they still have the ability to roll over an inherited IRA into their own IRA and um, avoid the requirements to take out distributions until they reach the limiting age, which we'll talk about that change in just a few minutes, and uh, let all the money grow until they have to take required minimum distributions as an IRA owner, as opposed to an inherited IRA owner. So um, things are changing for everybody except the spouses. Uh, Spouses that are surviving will be able to continue to roll over into their own IRA or stretch. Um, And there's a reason why they might want to stretch in some cases if you happen to be a young spouse who inherits an IRA from a spouse that's passed away and you're under 59 and a half. Um, you may want to, rather than roll into your own IRA, which would limit your accessibility to the account without a 10% penalty, you may want to do it as an inherited IRA and stretch it. You can do that as a spouse. So you'd be able to get money out without that 10% penalty if you took a stretch approach as opposed to rolling it into your own IRA. So there are some benefits there still for surviving spouses that way, but they can all roll it over. There are some other classes of people that have been added to the uh, law that are still eligible to stretch over their lifetime or some period of their lifetime. Uh, Those are minor children, disabled individuals under the strict rules of the uh, uh, Internal Revenue Code people who are chronically ill, and then uh, people who are not more than 10 years younger than the person who died. Okay. Um, so th- those people can continue to do stretch IRAs. But for example, I'll just, and I'm not going to get into all of these examples, but minor children is a pretty common thing. 
where minor children are involved, if they're under uh, 18, then they do not have any required minimum distribution rules that uh, apply like they apply to everybody else. They have the ability to defer until they reach the point where they are majority age. And then they start, uh, they have that 10 year time frame run to get all the money out. Now, I just realized I hadn't even talked about the 10 year rule. So let's talk about that. <laughs> I was going to say, because there was a, they did a 10 year, basically, that's the cap, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, once they, they reach that age of majority, and um, I, I believe it's 18 still in law, I don't think they made it 21. I've heard somebody refer to it as being age 21, but I think it's 18. The, um, the child then has 10 years to empty out the rest of the IRA account. So they, they do come under these new rules, and the rule is 10 years to empty out the account. So what's basically happened for everybody, except for this class of people that have some special rules, is here I am today and I inherit my dad's IRA. And so I'm not a surviving spouse. I'm not a minor child. I'm not disabled or chronically ill. I have to take that money out over a 10-year period now at this point. Same way as it used to be, except it was five years. Now it's 10 years. I can take it all right now. I can take it all at the last day of the 10th year, or I can take it periodically throughout the 10-year period. But by the end of the 10th year, I have to have all the money out of the account and have paid taxes or maybe not paid taxes, but included it on my tax return, whether or not I owe taxes on it is another matter. But uh, that's, that's what I need to be doing under the new rules, 10 years to empty it out. So there's a, a lot of different ways that this thing applies and is, is usual when Congress is involved in something. It's not straightforward. It's kind of convoluted and it's going to cause uh, people to make some mistakes here and there if they don't get some good advice. And so just again, I, I just want to encourage you before you do things with your IRA, with anything really financially, get some advice and um, make sure that you're um, talking to someone that kind of knows this stuff and can help you with it. Don't get advice from your brother-in-law or something like that <laughs> unless your brother-in-law is me of course uh, there you go nice, nice. <laughs> but uh no go get uh, some advice from a, a professional uh, a financial advisor who's a cfp or something like that, that can um, help you with that a uh, couple of other things before sure. i come back and just kind of wrap that whole thing around the stretch ira just so you're aware of it okay. because uh there are some new rules as far as being able to contribute to iras and when you have to start taking money out of iras so in the past once you reached age 70 and a half, you had to start taking money out of your IRA. Now you've got a deferral of a couple of years or a year and a half, maybe, whatever, depending on when your birthday falls within the year. Uh, the limiting age now is age 72. So once you reach age 72, you will now start to take withdrawals. And the uh, IRS has uh, updated the life expectancy tables so that uh, it will come out a little slower, a little less percentage up front, and you know, it gradually increases over time. So that's the nice thing there, a few more years to let the money grow before you have to take it out and uh, not having to take it out quite as quick as a living distribution from your own IRA. Additionally, if you continue to work past age 70, in the past, you had to start taking your required minimum distribution once you reach that 70 and a half, and you still need to do that once you reach 72. Even if you continue to work uh, from an IRA, you have to take it. If you continue to work and you have a 401k and you don't own the company, 
to the tune of at least 5% ownership in the company, you don't have to take that money out until you actually retire from that employer. And then you have to take out your 401k. You have a separate IRA. You got to start that at 72, but not from the 401k. And if you continue to work beyond age 70 and a half or beyond age 72 or whatever, there's now no limiting age that um, would disallow you from making a traditional IRA contribution. Now, this is a change because it used to be once you reached age 70 and a half, you did not have the ability to make further traditional IRA contributions. You did have the possibility of making Roth IRA contributions if you continue to work and have earnings from which you could qualify a contribution. But now it's either Roth or traditional IRAs that you can make contributions for if you continue to have earned income that would qualify you after age 70 and a half and after age 72, the new age at which you have to start taking distributions. But if you're still contributing to either one, you reach 72, out of the traditional IRA, you still have to start taking distributions. So you might be making a contribution and taking a distribution, they offset each other, that's nice, but just things to be sure you're well aware of and, and get some help on when you're getting started particularly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, no, definitely. Uh, and we'll probably cover some more of these things uh, on some other upcoming episodes because yeah. with it just going through, I know there's going to be quite a lot of questions that come in about it. There are a couple of pieces, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, that will affect more of our listening audience for sure. So we'll probably circle back around to some of those specific ones. But uh, yep. as you were going to say on the uh, the stretch. Yeah. Um, so just to wrap up on the stretch, what I would say is, you know, most people – that are inheriting IRAs that usually goes to the spouse and the spouse, nothing's changed for that person. Uh, they can roll it into their own IRA or stretch it and continue to take the lifetime distributions that gradually increase over time as you age. For most other people that are children or friends or what have you that are above the age of majority, uh, above age 18, they do not have the ability to stretch over their lifetime. They can stretch out over 10 years. There is no more required minimum distribution for those people. They do not have to take any money out each year like they have had to do in the past. All they have to do is make sure that by the end of the 10th year, following the year of death of that person that they inherited from, they have to have emptied out that person's IRA account. There are some things you can do to help offset those taxes. Talk to us. We'll help you do that kind of thing. And, um, take advantage of the law as it is. Just important to seek that advice. So Mike, just out of curiosity, since we're into the new year of 2020, if someone did lose a loved one within, let's say, like last month or two months ago at the end of 19, how does that affect this? Yeah, the, the nice thing about the law, and they, they occasionally get something right if they're going <laughs> to get right. something right. right. I don't know if this is right, but uh, in, in terms of the whole law, but this piece of it is, is that the uh, determination of which set of rules you will go under, uh, whether the existing rules prior to January 1 of 2020 or the rules that are in effect now that we're into 2020, is based on the date that the person passed away that you're inheriting from. So if your parent died in December and October, if they died two years ago and the estate's not been settled yet, it is based on the date of death. So those people from December 31 and prior, they get the old rules the, that, in my opinion, are more beneficial uh, to all beneficiaries. Uh, if not, if it's happened since the beginning of the year, uh, then you would be under the new rules. 
but it's not the end of the world. There's plenty that we can do to take advantage of uh, opportunities for you there. So we'll get to it uh, if you need the help. Yeah, absolutely. And again, this will affect certain people, uh, not others, obviously, and not everyone has mm-hmm. an inherited IRA. But if you do have one or you know that you're going to be in a situation like that, make sure that you are having a conversation with your financial professional. If you don't have one or you'd like to get a second opinion or talk with Mike, as always, give him a call. Let him know before you take any action on anything you hear, uh, not just our podcast, but other programming as well. Make sure you check with a qualified professional like Mike Flanders. He is a financial coach at Strategic Planet Corporation here in the Carolinas. Line is 336-668-4338 is how you call him if you'd like to. 336-668-4338. We would certainly appreciate it, though, if you would uh, go ahead and check out the podcast. Maybe subscribe to it so that you can get uh, future episodes as they come out and maybe share it with someone who might benefit from it as well. As always, check with a qualified professional. As I said, Mike's been doing this for 42 plus years in the industry and a great resource for you to tap into should you choose to at spcinvesting.com. That is spcinvesting.com. All right, Mike, well, I'm going to let you go for this week. I'm glad your voice held out and uh, good job on that. And we'll, we'll spend some more time later, I'm sure, talking about more of the SECURE Act. Sounds great. Thanks, Mark. You have a great week. You too as well. We'll see you next time here on Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.